Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're in the right place if you're an agent, a broker owner, a team leader. You're looking for better tools and resources to provide your clients. You want to increase your average sale price. You want to differentiate yourself in all price points, but particularly the high end and the luxury space. Again, I'm your host, Michael Lafito. If you have any questions about today's episode or a future episode or past episode, and you want to nominate somebody that you think would be a great guest, please shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. Again, don't forget to find us online. Check out more information about our designation. You can go to luxury listing specials, luxury listing specials. And I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't say, if you are getting value from this training or past trainings, please leave us a like, leave us a review on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or even Google. We'd appreciate that. So today's guest, before I introduced Brett, today's guest is a perfect example where I'm always trying to bring value to our podcast, to our episodes. And in this case, fill a void that we haven't talked about in the past. So I've had vendors, I've had top luxury agents, I've had team leaders, I've had people from international markets. And today's guest, I actually just recently met. Uh, For those of you that may or may not be aware, of course, we do a lot of live trainings, in-person trainings. We have courses approved in Florida for CE, Texas, and Georgia. And we we also do our, our designation training, our Lux designation trainings live in person. And we just did an event. It was a huge success, nearly had 70 agents from 19 states. It was in Napa. Literally, we did it at the end of May, and we had a full-day training at a winery and concluded with a wine tasting. And then the second day, we did a bonus training, a bonus optional day where we toured an $18 million property that was a vineyard estate and a $16 million property that was an equestrian estate. And that's where I met today's guest, Brett Schwartz. He's a a broker in the state of Florida and uh, and Brett provides capital gain solutions for uh, for agents and sellers and brokers that are selling luxury properties. So with that being said, I'll bring Brett on. Brett, can you hear me all right? Hey, Michael, I can. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you do more of the, the, the commercial side where capital gains and, and there's 1031 exchanges and, and various, you know, creative solutions, if you will, to move some of these properties or I'll call them assets. So tell everybody a little bit about your background and then let's kind of go into a scenario that is a real scenario for a lot of the people listening if they represent buyers and sellers. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. So I actually kind of grew up in the business and a little quick typo. I'm a California real estate broker, although I have been to the state of Florida. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, California, my fault. That's okay. That's all right. 
Um, and I actually grew up in the Bay Area, Mission San Jose, Fremont, kind of the Silicon Valley, helping my dad build custom homes. Actually, some not necessarily, I would say luxury, but very high-end homes, nice homes in Mission Hills and kind of all around the Bay Area. So I grew up learning about the sticks and bricks of real estate, learning about how to be an entrepreneur, owning your own business. And so I fell in love with real estate at a young age. And I went to college and I studied business as well as, you know, had a chance to play basketball in college. I'm, uh, I love, love the game of basketball. Um and I took an internship at a, at a company called Marcus and Millichap. And when you're going to college, you don't know you're going to be in sales or service or really even selling. I didn't know that was going to be my calling to consult and help people with making big decisions with their with their real estate needs as well as their you know financial futures. But that's where I found myself at Marcus and Millichap. And for those who don't know what that is, it's it's a commercial real estate brokerage specializing only on investment property. And and this was in 2006, so things were going pretty well. Market was high, low inventory, prices were up, lots of people doing lots of 1031 exchanges. And we found ourselves in a position where I was learning a lot, but I was brand new in the business. Like I, I was, you know, I was 20 something, you know, just trying to make it, trying to survive and trying to learn from some amazing mentors. And so we learned about a thing called a 1031 exchange. And that was cool and everything for investment property. Um, but the challenge was we found that people were starting to overpay for properties. And I went from making a little bit of money and then 2008 hit to making next to, to next to almost nothing overnight. I mean, it was a very, very, let's say, um, humbling time in my life. You know, so I grew up in the Bay Area. Part of that's that's part of my story is my dad with quite a bit of wealth, but the other part was my parents were divorced when I was young, Michael. And I went from seeing being with a lot of wealth to next to almost no wealth. And in fact, I lived with my mom about 85 to 90% of the time and spent about 10% of the time with my dad. But my dad didn't necessarily, let's say, pay the child support as maybe perhaps uh, he should have been. So that was kind of not a good thing. So I knew at a young age, I wanted to make sure that financially I'd succeed and be able to support my family and not have that come in between us. So, but I found myself in about 2009, you know, broke, you know, kind of like broken down financially, newly married, uh, baby on the way, and really struggling. And so um, I did what every good entrepreneur or real estate wannabe does, perhaps. You get a side job hustle. And during the side job hustle time of my period of my life, I went to a place called Cheesecake Factory and I served uh, as a server there. And I did that for two years. We also moved in with my brother into a small condo. And I always tell this part of the story because everyone's starting somewhere, Michael, right? Um, whether in their real estate career, whether they're just getting into luxury real estate, or whether they're they're financially secure, we all have a story from somewhere, and that's where the birth of what we're going to talk about came. Because while I was going through those struggles, so were my clients. You see, my clients had overpaid with the 1031. They had too much debt, not enough liquidity, not enough diversification. They knew they were overpaying in the 04, 05, 06, 07 market, and then the music stopped, and they had too much debt. And the reason they were overpaying that we identified was a 1031 exchange. Right? All right. So they had so, an equal or greater value. Go ahead. So, so real quick, I just want to, for those of you that are just tuning in, um, today's guest, we're going to talk about providing solutions to escape capital gains tax. So in many markets, the luxury market is the hottest it's ever been, including the Chicagoland market. But there's certain properties, there's certain price points where it's still difficult. We call that a buyer's market. It's still difficult to sell those properties. And so I specifically have Brett on today to talk about a possible solution for your clients if you represent a seller to alleviate some possible objections from selling. So in a minute, we're going to talk about a property that we toured last week in Napa. Brett did along with me and 70 other agents and brokers from across the country. 
And the one particular property is on the market for 18 million and they paid 8 million. So there's 10, 000, excuse me, there's $10 million in potential capital okay. gains that they'll pay on. So keep it real simple and 33% of capital gains tax on 10 million is 3.3 million. And under the current administration, they might wanna raise that to what is it 53%? Correct. And so that would be another 20% or another 2 million in taxes. So you might have a seller that does their net proceed sheets or talk to their CPA and they might say, it doesn't make sense. I'd rather give it away. I'd rather gift it away than sell. And I've had those conversations with sellers. So if that is a scenario that you've had or you might have in the future, you want to have, we call it silver platter service. We want you to be able to deliver something different and unique and articulate it. So A, you win the client over. B, you have this asset that you can move, you can sell by providing a different solution. So that's why Brett's on here. I just interrupted him, but I want him to continue on. But that is a scenario that is a real life scenario for many high net worth individuals that own multiple properties, whether it be their primary residence or an investment property or lake house or you know their, their jet set destination uh, property. And so so with that being said, Brett, I'll turn it back over to you. But I just wanted to set the stage again for those that jumped on late or maybe didn't understand why, again, Brett's on. Again, if you have a, a high-end property, a unique property, a luxury property, and you have a seller that their eyes light up when they figure out after they talk to their CPA what they're actually going to net after taxes, this might be a possible solution for you. Yes. Thank you, Michael. And it's, and it's, it's, a, great, it's a great point that uh, you know, folks, they feel trapped by the capital gains tax. And, and there's many who won't sell. Literally, that becomes the number one objection for most sellers that we meet with. In fact, they call us directly, Michael. They call us from all over the country now, right? They call us from Colorado on a $2 million deal. We just closed an 8.3 in Palo Alto, a 7.9 in Santa Cruz. We're working on deals in New York and New Jersey. And uh, we haven't done a deal, a deal in Chicagoland yet, but we're yes. doing a $50 million deal in Texas. Um, we're doing deals all over the country. And, and so... Let me go back and just set the stage and finish that story, and then we'll dive right yes, into the please. nuts and bolts on this thing. Yeah. So that's where people were in 2009, 10, and 11. So I was negotiating with banks. I was, I was by day, I'd be cold calling Marcus and Melchap working 60, 70 hour weeks, and by nights and weekends, I'm keeping the lights on at home just to support the family. And so people are saying, "Go get a real job. What are you doing?" But I said, "No, I love real estate." And and they said, "Well, well, you know, but you have a wife and a kid at home. Like, what?" I'm like, "Well, I'll move in with my brother. We'll do whatever it takes." My wife was a saint. She says, "You know what?" I believe in you and what you're doing, and I know you're getting great coaching and great mentors. So just keep it going. And so, literally, we did that. And I was at Marcus Mill Chat for five years and had some of the best coaching and training. And during that period of time where my clients were struggling, my manager brought in a gentleman who's now my business partner. He played for the 49ers. He's a financial advisor. And he told us about something called a deferred sales trust. I think in every great story, there's some kind of guide or some kind of mentor that brings a new epiphany or a new idea or a new strategy, which is a part of what you do so amazingly when I, when I had a chance to get the Lux designation, right, over the weekend, because um, over the week, because uh, you've been there before, right? And you've seen it. And when you can teach people how to do this, it unlocks a new potential in them. And this is what he did for me. So he taught us about this thing called a deferred sales trust. And like most people listening to this for the first time, especially as an agent, you're going, I've never heard of it. Or you think it's a Delaware statutory trust, which is not. They're both DSTs. A Delaware and a 
1031, those are 1031 exchange. I call those the blockbuster way of doing things. Those are transactional way of doing things, okay? And transactional way of doing things are fine for most people. But I like to work on something called transformational exit planning. And this is what the Deferred Sales Trust brings. And it's like the Netflix way of doing things. You see, with the blockbuster way of doing things, the 1031, it does not work for primary homes. Does not work for uh, businesses. Does not work for cryptocurrency. Okay, certainly doesn't work for luxury primary homes, right? Which is probably honestly the number one person or, or family that we can help out because they've lived in that home for five, 10, 20, 30 years. In fact, I'll tell you about a couple of deal stories right now. We just closed a deal in Silicon Valley in Palo Alto for a gentleman who had bought the property, actually built the property, and he had around a $6 million basis and he's selling for about eight and a half million. You see, he's single and he has what's called the 121 exclusion. If you live there two of the last five years, the government gives you $250,000 tax-free. If you're married, five but above and beyond that, guess what? The 1031 exchange does not qualify. You're hit with capital gains tax. In the state of California, it's 13.3. And then you have federal of 20. Um, so that's how you get the 33%, okay? So he's about to pay, on that scenario, it was about, about $800,000 or so in tax. If it wasn't for this deferred sales trust, guess what? we would not have closed the deal. The realtor would not have got the commission, right? And it would not have happened. He literally could not sell because he had so much debt and so much tax that it would have been a no deal. It would have been just blew up the whole deal. So back to the story a little bit and then, I'll, then we'll keep going here. So I learned about the Deferred Sales Trust. I start to apply it to my business. I start talking about it. A lot of people just said, too good to be true too. I don't know if it's gonna work. My CPA should have known about it. But I kept applying and I believe in this Netflix, this Deferred Sales Trust was the future. But during that time, the marketplace was so depressed, people didn't have a lot of gains. They said, you should have called me five years ago or three years ago, or maybe I'll consider it in the future. But I just kept talking about it and started in, in sending referrals to my business partner. Now fast forward over six years, I spent over, at the time, over 10,000 hours with the tax attorneys who provided this. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax attorney, right? I'm not the financial advisor. I'm now the, I'm the trustee. And so we actually coach and train agents on how to do this. And then second, we actually, um, you know, advise and help clients who are closing on this deferred sales trust. My business starts to grow. Fast forward five kids now. My wife and I have married over 12 years. Uh, she's been able to stay home full time with our kids and raise our kids, which has been our dream. We've been able to support the family. So it's literally changed everything for me. Why? I took a step out on something that was new that I had never heard of before, but I believe the vision that it could help my clients get out and escape feeling trapped by capital gains tax. So now fast forward um, over the last four years, we train and coach and help people. We've closed literally seven deals in the last 60 days. This is how busy we are. Okay. And the more and more deals come, but the biggest thing is people are faced with 30 to 50% in capital gains tax and depreciation recapture on the sale of their houses or their investment property because houses don't have depreciation around right a primary home. So really step one is just identifying what is the capital gains tax for this particular house. And so I think we should dive into the samples if you're ready, Michael. Yeah, that's perfect. Hi, it's Michael Lafito here with a quick break from the podcast. If you are committed to increasing your average sale price and you want to work smarter, not harder, then you want to check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com where you'll find out more information about the Lux designation along with some additional resources. Again, I'll repeat, check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com. And now let's get back to the show. As I mentioned earlier, if you're just tuning in, we did a, I just had a luxury designation training out in Napa. 
And on day two, we toured two properties. The first property, we're calling it the Napa Valley Vineyard Estate. The website is NapaValleyVineyardEstate.com. It's on the market for $18 million. Uh, the address is 2100 Old Soda Springs Road in Napa, California, listed with uh, Sid Greer, uh, Cobble Banker. Uh, she was gracious enough to open up the property to literally, we had two thirds of our class. We had 70 people attend the training. So literally we had about 45 people on this tour. It's on the market for $18 million. It's on 44 acres. The house is 11,000 square feet out of the 44 acres, 14 are vineyard. It's got a tennis court, amazing view pool. We toured the home, our class did. We talked about it where you have some follow-up coaching calls. So we're going to apply what I call my SWOT analysis. Hey, what are the best features of this home? If you were the agent, what would you accentuate? What would you downplay? And then we're going to get back to Sid with our with our report so we can help her get the property sold. But using this scenario, the owner paid around $8 million for it, and it's currently on for $18 bucks. So let's just keep it really simple for the listeners, Brett. Let's assume the seller gets full price, $18 bucks, and they paid $8 million. That's about $10 million in profit or, or, or gains. It, and and so that $10 million being it's based in California, as you mentioned, federal government takes 20%, state of California 13.3. So 33% of $10 million is $3.3 million in potential taxes, correct? Exactly right. And then All the right, first so thing to understand about the deferred sales trust is that it defers capital gains tax on primary homes. It's the Netflix because it does primary homes. It can do investment property. It can do businesses. It can do cryptocurrency. We're literally doing a, a $12 million cryptocurrency case right now where the gentleman bought it at $100,000. And they're they actually live in the Bay Area as well. And they're selling for, for $12 million. We're going to defer about about five and a half, six million dollars. They're going to defer all that tax and go buy an investment property to get cash flow and literally never have to work again. So the same thing is true for primary homes. Okay. So the, uh, we did the Palo Alto one. We did the one in Aptos. The one in Aptos was a $7.9 million sale. She's in her seventies. She, she's made her wealth. Her basis is zero. It happens to be a rental, but she doesn't want a 1031 and take on new toilets, new trash, new liability. She sold, she deferred the tax, and she moved it into stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Liquid investments in the biggest companies in the world. So like, unlike a 1031 exchange, where it has to be like-kind investment property, the deferred sales trust does not have to be like-kind. You have no time restrictions. You can put it into active or passive real estate deals. And the key thing for a lot of baby boomers, uh, Michael, which is really, I think, a, a key stat for a lot of the listing agents listening to this uh, episode, is according to the American Bankers Association, there's about 17 to $20 trillion that's going to pass from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. The same study found that these baby boomers... There's about 77 million in the U.S. alone, and every day about 10,000 are turning 65. And there are this is the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world that we know of is happening right now. So as listing agents, we have an opportunity, but more so a responsibility to help them sell these huge homes where their kids are gone. They want to relocate to their grandkids. They want to travel the world. They want to get passive income stream coming yeah. in so they can enjoy their wealth. But they literally feel locked into these homes. Right. Because they go, oh, my gosh, if I just sell this, all this money's just going to be, you know, paid in tax and it's gone. I'm just going to sit it out and wait for what's called the stepped up basis. Right. And pass it to my kids and they can step into it and walk away. Capital gains tax free. Hold on a second. though. Biden is considering taking away the stepped up basis. OK, so you can't even count on that anymore. Who knows? That's a part of the proposal, which is a big deal. He's also proposing to take away the 1031 exchange, which is oftentimes another thing to listen to. You say, I can tell you what. 
How about you move out of the place and rent it for two years, and then let's do a 1031 exchange. The challenge with that is they're going, look, A, I don't want them necessarily move out. B, I, I don't need new headaches over there on, on, on another property. Like, I don't want to overpay for property. I don't want to deal with banks. I don't deal with tenants and rent control. Like, that doesn't solve my challenge. And so they, what they do, they let the tax tail wag not only the investment dog, but their entire life dog, right? And that doesn't, that's not great, right? So they, here's the deferred sales trust. Again, that's blockbuster way of doing things. Deferred sales trust, we sell. We defer the tax. doesn't affect the buyer in any way. Okay, we do it all in one escrow. The funds go to some of the largest banks in the world, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. You approve an investment allocation, okay? And then you start receiving payments and you pay tax slowly. And so what we're doing here, just curious people are wondering, we're doing an installment sale, okay? It's known as IRC 453 is the, is the tax code. This goes back 90 years, okay? This particular deferred sales trust, it's proprietary the way we apply the, apply the uh, IRC 453. But it's been doing it for 25 years, thousands of closes, billions under management, okay? Perfect track record with the IRS. But all we're asking the seller to do is instead of selling directly to that cash buyer, and let's use the old Soda Springs deal, instead of selling for $18 million and taking what's called actual receipt and paying tax of about $3.3 million, we're going to ask that buyer and seller to cooperate with this newly formed trust. And we can make up a name. Let's call it Napa Valley Vineyard you know, DST Trust, okay? That trust is going to be formed, and it's going to be, and the language is going to be put into escrow that the funds are going to go to the trust instead of going to directly to the seller, okay? And therefore, it's in a deferral state at close of escrow. And then from there, from the trust, it's going to slowly pay back. Now, the seller will pay tax as they receive it. But instead of paying, um, you know, instead of having, let's say, um, uh, uh, and say, they, say they had $8 million debt on it, let's say instead of having $10 million, or instead of having seven, they have about $10 million, they'll be able to live off of that interest and keep that deferred over a period of time. So I'll pause there, Michael, because I know you probably have some questions or thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, so really good information. Again, I like your analogy of Netflix versus Blockbuster. So again, with 1031 exchanges, um, they can't be primary residents, right? They got to be like to like, um, you know, no crypto, no business. And with this deferred sales trust that you're referring to, it could be your primary home, it could be a business, could be something in the crypto world. But you basically using this uh, this property that we're talking about, this Napa Valley Vineyard Estate, and this is just one example, folks. It could be a $1.8 million home and they paid $800,000 and they got $1 million in taxes, taxable gains potentially. And again, if you're single, you get up to two fifty dollars right off. If you're married, you get up to five hundred. dollars But but what if you got a lot more and the sellers see what they're going to net and they're like, you know what, pause. I'm not even going to sell. It's not even worth it. We're trying to provide options and solutions as a consultant, as an advisor. That's really what we teach. As you know, Brett, you went through the course. You know, Don't look at yourself as a salesperson, a, an agent. Look at yourself as a consultant and an advisor. And so we need to be able to provide solutions to our clients so they can make a sound decision. Okay. And so in this scenario, you got this property that, that's out in Napa that is on the market for $18 million. Let's say it sells for 18, they paid around eight, keeping it simple, you got $10 million in taxable gains. So what I hear you saying is they set up a trust, the, the, the proceeds at the closing don't go to Mr. Seller or Mrs. Seller, they go to the trust and then you're not getting taxed immediately on this 10 million in profit because through the trust, you, you take, you can explain it from there. Yeah, you're becoming the lender is what you're doing, right? And so the, 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 the essence of an installment sale is you're taking back payments and installments you know, slowly over time. And so um, um, what, what the seller is saying is, look, I'll become the bank. I'll become the lender. 
and I will literally sell my property to the trust right before the trust sells it to the ultimate buyer. It's like a simultaneous close, okay? And then here's, the, here's the key here. The trust, Michael, bought the property for $18 million and turned around and sold it for $18 million. So if the trust bought and sold for the same price, Michael, what's the gain for the trust? Uh -huh. Zero, right? So there's no gain on the trust. Now, and if the seller took a zero down payment, the trust really gave, gave the seller zero down payment in exchange for a promissory note for the full 18 million or what, minus the debt, let's say they had 8 million of debts and they have 10 million there or so. Uh -huh. um, then they get a promissory note for $10 million instead of having seven, right? After tax or, you know, 6.7, 6. Uh, uh -huh. they have 10. And that's where the math has got to make sense. We got to get the ratios. We got to find out if and where they need the money. Um, if they're planning on using the money to buy another house, right, then they want to take that amount for the down payment to buy that next house. If they're planning on just uh, living off the interest, right? Every scenario is a little different, and that's why we work sure. on a conditional basis. We don't charge anything unless they do the deal, and we literally give a side-by-side -side comparison. Pay the tax, defer the tax, right? Yeah. Let's walk through with your CPA, everybody, and see if it works for you. And, and let's talk, keep it simple. I'm, I'm, I'm a buyer's agent. I'm the buyer. To them, what What's the difference for them through the transaction? They get everything they're bargained for. So it's zero, literally zero difference. In fact, in every single deal I've ever done, there's never been an issue with the buyer, as long as it's disclosed you know, pretty early on in the transaction, right? Sure. And that's important. We can also touch on timing. We need to set up this trust before the buyer removes all contingencies, right? Once the buyer removes all contingencies uh, from the IRS's standpoint, that's considered what's called constructive receipt. It's essentially gonna be closing and you're gonna get the funds anyways. So that, that's, that's taxable. But if we just have a day or two before that, we enter the deferred sales trust. We form the trust. It gets a new EIN. We enter the language into the into the purchase and sale agreement on an addendum. Then guess what? We can transact on this deal. Now, if you're an investment property and you're in a 1031 exchange, we can save a failed 1031 exchange. And that's a, that's at the qualified intermediary. That's a different topic, but we just recently did one in Georgia, a $7.6 million sale. We helped that gentleman um, save his failed 1031 exchange. Um, but everything else must be done before close of escrow and really set up before the buyer removes all contingencies. Mm -hmm. Now, what about from an anonymity standpoint? Um, you know, you have some high net worth individuals, you have some celebrities, you have people that, you know, want to remain anonymous. Does that change anything as far as, you know, land trust or anything like this concern? No, it's all it's all confidential. I mean, it's it sees that they are selling the asset and they sure. sold it to the trust. But I mean, there's the trust is a made up name that the, that the client chooses. Typically, we don't use their name, right? right. Like that's why we like the Napa Valley Vineyard Trust kind of thing. Sure. And then and then that's that's there. But yeah, everything's confidential. By the way, those trusts itself too. They're single entity business trusts that only do business with that particular client. They don't commingle with anybody else. Everything has to be signed uh, by them for funds to move or be invested. So everything is 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 there. We use a big bank that provides what's called deposit account control agreement. It's a fancy way for saying it's a long-term escrow um, and, and they make sure everything's physically signed. So yeah, we have all of the pieces in place mm -hmm. for you and to make you feel you know very comfortable and your clients to feel very comfortable. By the way, there have been celebrities that have done this. A recent one sold a $45 million primary home. He hired three attorneys, paid him $1,000 an hour because, hey, they thought it may be too good to be true. He paid him $100,000 over a month of due diligence. And guess what? They did the deal. They said, this is fantastic, right? They did the deal. That was that deal closed about eight months ago for a celebrity. So we had, and that one, they think they bought for 13 million and they sold for 45 million as a primary home. It was so huge tax savings. On top of that too, I'll also add, 
you can move the funds outside the taxable estate. Okay, and this is really big for especially ultra high net worth individuals who are faced with what's called a 40% death tax of anything above 22 million married, 12 million single. Okay, so let's say you're worth 52 million, Michael, and you're married. Okay, that first 22 million is exempt as of stands right now, but that other 30 would be hit with a 40% death tax, which is $12 million. Has nothing to do with the stepped up basis, has nothing to do with capital gains tax, because it's an estate tax, it's separate. So the intent is to get the funds outside the taxable estate. The challenge is most people can't get it out fast enough. They can't gift it fast enough. Enter the deferred sale trust, the Netflix way of doing things. You can sell and in one day, move all the funds outside the taxable estate. By the way, those 22 and 12, they're set to cut in half to 12 and six in 2025. Biden's even proposing to take it to seven married, three and a half single, okay? And so this is a whole nother area for the legacy play. Again, as real estate professionals, consultants, we're in the business of solving problems, not just selling real estate, right? And when we solve the problem of the state tax for their legacy, you're becoming more than just a real estate professional, right? You're becoming like a trusted advisor for their family. And this wow. is what we teach and show you. And it's just simple math. We just say, how much is in your taxable estate? Are you, how are you planning on getting it out? What if we were to sell your house today for $20 million and move it all outside your taxable estate? We just did that for a client actually in Colorado. They were 25 million. They had a $5 million asset and they used this part of the structure. They moved all 5 million outside of their taxable estate. So literally on day one, they deferred about 2 million in tax. And they also eliminated about 2 million of estate tax. And this is the part where most people say, well, Brett, too good to be true. My CPA would have known about this. I work with some of the smartest people. And I say, hey, I get it. Uh, look at the evidence, thousands of closes, billions under management, and, and talk with us, right? There's one law firm that's proprietary structure. Um, there's a few trustees like me, and there's the financial, a couple of financial advisors that offer this as well. And come and bring. We do a no-cost due diligence. We don't charge you anything unless you do the deal. So um, hopefully that that's makes awesome. sense. Yeah. That's great. And what's the best way, Brett, for somebody that's interested, you piqued their interest, they want to find out more. What's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you or do some additional due diligence and research on the deferred sales trust? Yes. Thank you, Michael. You can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can search it on iTunes or YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. I think 500 subscribers now. Um, you can also uh, go to experttaxsecrets.com. If you're a luxury realtor and you want to learn how to use the deferred sales trust today and get coaching, um, but we have a ton of free content. You can get a free ebook there as well. Um, so experttaxsecrets.com or capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. Awesome. And we'll, we'll include this again, uh, for those of you that are getting our email, our email, email blast, we'll include links for both of these. Uh, again, check it out. They have a great podcast as well. Capital gains tax solutions podcast. I got Brett, Brett on Brett Schwartz, and uh, I really appreciate your time. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Just the, the website. Yeah, the website. They can also call me too. 916-886-2986. 916-886-2986. And then I have Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of the social medias. Awesome. So again, I'm, you know, I believe everything happens for a reason. So we had this amazing training in Napa. Brett and I connected. You know, he came up to me, talked about the event, said, hey, you know, basically let's let's talk about ways that we can help each other. And we got talking and he shared with me the deferred sales trust. I'm like, this is great. This this is something that my listeners would benefit from. So uh, Brett, I, I do appreciate your time today. It was a different angle, a different approach. And uh, guys, check out Capital Gains Tax Solutions on the, the podcast. And one more time, the website for agents, 
capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. Perfect. Capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. And then the website for the agents that want to get... Experttaxsecrets.com. Experttaxsecrets.com. Great URLs. I own way too many URLs, but this has been great, Brett. And again, for our listeners, if you got something from this episode or a previous episode, please... Uh, leave us a like, leave us a review. We need more reviews, just like you do as an agent. Uh, Again, that's the highest compliment. I don't get paid to deliver this. I'm trying to bring as much value out there. And some of the ways we get Google juice, we get noticed out there is reviews, sharing, that sort of thing. So that's the highest compliment uh, I can uh, I can receive for taking time out of my day to try to raise the bar in the industry. So thank you again. If you guys have any questions for me, shoot me an email, Michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, Michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. You know, for those of you that uh, have any questions, shoot me a note, shoot me an email. Until next time, keep raising the bar in real estate. My name is Michael Lafito. I'm the founder of the Lux designation called Luxury Listing Specials. Check it out, luxurylistingspecials.com. Brett, thank you so much for your time. And uh, until next time, make it a great day. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. 